Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking with Jack Berkowitz, who is new to ADP, and you're going to love this guy. Jack, how are you? I'm doing great, John. How are you today? Okay, so so you're the Senior Vice President of Product Development for the Data Cloud. That's exactly a big company job title. Why don't you take a moment and, and introduce yourself Tell us how you got there, and tell us what that that gobbledygook of a title means. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, I came here uh, after a bit of a career in software and also in consulting. Most recently, I was I was at a different software company. I was at Oracle, um, working on some some interesting problems about introducing machine learning into business applications. Um, but I came to ADP because of really two big things. First of all. Um, you know, just the great reputation ADP has in, in, in really driving the, the, the economy. You know, um, I was paid by through ADP for years, and so were my parents, and so are all my relatives. So, you know, it just was a, an attractive company to me from that perspective. And the other thing was because of that, the data that, that ADP is able to, to show and, and deal and, and process was really, really interesting to me as a technologist. You know, we issue a thing called the National Employment Report every month that tells us, you know, what's happening with the economy. That's all built on that data. So it was really, really interesting to me. Um, what I do here is really three things. Um, I run a really big HR analytics and reporting uh, commercial product, and we sell that uh, or uh, our customers subscribe to that and use it to interpret their people analytics and their people situation every day. Um, I also work on on improving our overall products. So I work on um, building things like candidate relevancy scoring or chatbots or things like that that's embedded inside of all of our HR and payroll applications to make the systems easier for people to use. That's really what we're doing. And the last thing is, is I get to spend some time meeting customers, which is actually the most important thing to me, meeting the customers and meeting the people that work every day. Um, that's what I spend a lot of time doing, and that's actually the most important part of my job. So so this is going to sound like a, a dumb and obvious question, but, you know, ADP is so broad that I, I don't think most of the people in the audience have an actual grasp of what ADP does. Can you, can you um, package that up and, and, and turn ADP into something easily intelligible? Yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great point. Um, you know, ADP helps companies grow at the end of the day, and it helps companies grow by helping them with their most important asset, their people, right? Um, and that can include payroll. We've always done that. Uh, it can include, include things like benefits and taxes. But we do HR systems. We do um, uh, things about um, compliance. Uh, we help people recruit. And, and we even, um, for smaller companies, we even, they can even outsource their entire capability to us. So we run, um, um, you know, the ability for, for companies to, to even buy in bulk from us So um, for benefits and things. So we even have things where their employees of a company um, also are uh, able to participate in massive benefit plans. Really big firm, but really about helping, um, you know, people. That's what we're about, what we're all about, designing for people. 
So, so you've got this job. You you've been working. I I see in your um, you you were quite modest in your introduction. Um, I see that you you spent time working with DARPA and the FAA on intelligence systems um, back at the time when the B the B seven 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 airplane was being certified. You know, so you've been at this a long time. What's changed? What do you see? You know, technology's changed. Uh, technology's accelerated. People haven't changed. Um, and so, you know, I think there's, there's you know, interesting capabilities that, that people are bringing to bear. You know, like the iPhone's only like 10, 12 years old, and we wouldn't think about not having it in our hands today. Um, so technology's changed, but people haven't changed. People still have that same motivation to, you know, do a good job, to wake up and, and, you know, see their families and everything else. And so I think the fusion of people and technology or the, the inter- interaction between the two, which is where I've spent my entire career, continues to evolve, but, you know, always, always for the best. So, so, so I, I think you may know this. I have a, a, a relative allergy to um, the term artificial intelligence, but, it, but it's like being allergic to smoke in Las Vegas. <laughs> you, you can't go <laughs> if you insist on being in a smoke-free environment. So, so rather than, than spend a lot of time telling people that this isn't artificial intelligence, I, I generally let it pass. But, but I'd, be, I'd be curious if you've seen anything that you would call artificial intelligence in HR tech. Pure artificial intelligence, I think, no. I think we're using techniques to aid people in really, really clever ways, right? So there's been an explosion, for example, of chatbots, right? Well, you know, sometimes you just look at them and you're like, well, wait a second. That's just reading a frequently asked question list. But you're starting to see some really interesting things where those bots can maintain the context of the conversation, maybe within that conversation or across the conversation, and really helping employees, you know, get the help they need in in the day. Um, you know, the, the, the candidate relevancy stuff, it's really not about finding the precise candidate, right, for a job. But what it does is help you eliminate all those candidates that aren't relevant. And so you're seeing an advantage out of that for the recruiter. It's not replacing a recruiter, but it's freeing up time for the recruiter to focus on really, you know, finding the, the, the right person, really parsing down the 70% or 80% that doesn't matter in the flood of resumes that, that a company may be getting. So, you know, I don't know that it's, it's the type of thing where it's thinking on behalf of an HR department or thinking on behalf of, of a of an executive, but it's tools that are allowing those people, you know, whether it's the HR department, whether it's the CHRO, whether it's an operational executive, it's allow it's giving them the tools so that they can make, you know, better decisions. So I, I heard a story once about, about a recruiting leader who was, was just completely upset with his job, but, he just had twins, and so he was in no position to quit just because he felt bad. Um, and so he decided to stick around, and he decided that what he was going to do was take 
four years and make sure that everybody on the executive leadership team of the company wore glasses. Um, and, and so he just, every recommendation he put forward, he only put forward people who wore glasses. Um, and, and I think that's, I tell the story cause it's a, it's a, it's an example of how powerful recruiting can be and, um, the biases that you might not think about wanting to control that are part of the part parcel of decision-making and recruiting. And so, so the question here is, you, you've been you've you've tossed around a couple of times. I think you said candidate relevancy. Is that the that's yeah. the term? Yeah, um, candidate relevancy. Yeah, yeah. And so and so the question is, how do you tell if, how do you tell if your recommendations are right? Yeah, I think I think it's an it's an interesting question. But let me pivot it on to you. Um, okay. It's, it's important to say if it's right versus if it's wrong, right? And mm. so what we have to do is we actually have to measure both sides of that equation, right? Um, now, part of it is um, what is the right recommendation? Does that mean that that person should be definitely hired, or does that mean that that person should be considered? And I I tend to move towards the considered um, because it's really about a partnership between, you know, we're talking about people here. We're talking about behaviors, and and there's a lot of sensitivities about that in, in the case. And so we have to think about how thing how people should be considered and have that partnership between the recruiter or the hiring manager and the machine as opposed to 100% pure automation. I don't think that we're there yet. I don't think any, anybody's even ready for that. The other part, though, that you, you brought up, which is about that bias, right, so that recruiting manager with the glasses inserted, you know, their bias into, into the capability. And so we have to be really sensitive to measuring bias. We have to be really sensitive to understanding both sides of the population, both the people uh, not recommended and the people to be considered. Um, and we have to include information about long-term job performance, not just what they show up with. Because, you know, I can put anything in my resume. Um, it has to get verified. But, boy, if I can actually understand long-term job performance, uh, you know, how long do people with this profile actually stay with the company and include HR data along with, you know, the recruiting information? Maybe I can start to, to see a better thing. It'd be interesting to go back to that story and find out how well all those people with classes performed in the, in the company. That's what I'm trying to get at there. So there's a, there's an interesting interface question there, which is, which is, I, I, I get that, I get that the, that the story is that these are just recommendations, but they're inevitably scored and ranked, right? They, mm -hmm. they inevitably arrive on the recruiter's desk scored and ranked. And so, mm -hmm. so that means that, that the recruiter from the moment there is a recommendation from the machine will always have to answer the question, why didn't you hire the top candidate? Mm -hmm. um, um, why didn't you get the top candidate? And, and, and what you, what what I think is really the case is is candidates don't materially rank that way. That's a convenience of interface rather than a statement of truth about people being rank ordered. You know that the the rank ordering of people is out of favor everywhere but in recruiting. 
right? That's that, true. That, that, it's, an right. Old fa- it's an old-fashioned way to think about people, but we haven't really spent much time working on the interface so that we understand that that this person is two <clears throat> standard deviations out from the norm, but the role requires somebody who's in the center of the norm, right? That's right. And, and you well, can't get so there in a, in a linear ranking. Yeah, and and I and I think that you know what you're really touching on is also explanation and how do we build interfaces that can explain things to people uh, so that they understand those contexts, right? People aren't boxes. Uh, to your point, people, you know, I I use the example people are like jigsaw puzzles, except that the puzzle, the shape of the puzzle is constantly changing. You know, right. who you are today isn't who you are tomorrow. But to describe, you know, how that jigsaw puzzle person is uh, in the interface is a challenge, right? And so part of it, it couldn't be, hey, let me just see where everybody is relative to each other, right, on multiple dimensions. Or, you know, quickly, because some, you know, recruiters are under pressure for time, uh, quickly give, you know, in line the explanation as to why that person was here versus somewhere else. And you're starting to see some interface designs, not just from ADP, but in the market itself, that show some of these things. Uh, I think we have a long way to go uh, in in the people space uh, to provide those types of explanations um, and to do it in an efficient and understandable way. But certainly it's a focus of, of my team right now, and uh, I think you'll see some progress in the future. That's That's pretty exciting. So what are the big questions that you're working on? We're working on a few interesting things, right? Um, you know, I think one of the things that we're working on in ADP is is what does it what does it mean to to generate a really engaged set of employees, and then what's that business benefit or the positive benefit either for the employees or the company as a as a result of that? So, you know, we have um, a group with us, the Marcus Bunkingham Company, that that really focuses on engagement. And the, the acronym for that is TMBC. And we're seeing some really neat results where we marry engagement, and in this case, engagement is about first-line managers or me as a manager engaging with, with my next level or first-line, and then seeing actually tying it into business benefits. Just the beginnings of this, but it's a huge deal, right? People have talked about engagement in HR for years. Nobody really knew how to measure it. Nobody really knew how to tie it together into business results. And we're seeing that. And we're able to do that. So that's one big thing we're working on. The other big thing that we're working on, a big challenge is, you know, people don't work by their org chart. Maybe they did in factories 100 years ago. But I'm always being grabbed into dynamic teams. And it's a bit of an overwrought um, phrase at times. But you know what? It's it's how people work. So we're, we're working on, you know, how do you deal with teams? But then how do you have those teams reflected into either metrics or recommendations or other types of problems. And that, that's really cool work. Um, and then and we're working on data itself. Um, one, of the, you know, one of the interesting uh, uh, things about ADP is we have so many customers. We have you know, over 700,000 customers. And you know, when we look at something simple like a job title, uh, how many different ways 700,000 customers describe a software engineer or a, a retail person? Uh, you'd be surprised. And so how are those skills lined up and how do those things come together? 
Um, that allows us to do things like benchmarking. So I can tell you, you know, what average salaries are, or I could tell you how long it takes to fill a certain type of job, or I can tell you, you know, what the turnover expected turnover is for that type of role and position. Um, aligning all that, understanding, you know, like the 20,000 or 30,000 different ways people describe benefit plans. And oh, by the way, these are all prescription plans. And doing all that work, which is really not not, you know, outwardly interesting, but to a data scientist or to an engineer or to an HR person, it's really important. Um, that's a big challenge to us, and yeah. we really enjoy doing that type of work. That's interesting. So, so, so a couple of things. I, I, I think you understand that, that it's my view that the, that the intelligent tools questions in HR are the most complex intelligent tools questions, right? Because, because what we're trying to do here is apply uh, tools that are designed for games that have completely understandable rule sets or widgets that can be counted. We're trying to apply those sort of um, two-dimensional linear approaches to dynamic, rapidly changing complex systems. And, um, the people are complex systems. The organizations are complex systems. And the, and the intersection, for starters, it can be the sort of mapping that you're talking about. Um, um, but, but in the next layer of complexity, it, it's going to turn out that, that there's a reason that they're all called something different. Um, <laughs> and, and that reason that they're all called something different is, is pretty dynamic. So the question here is is where do you see this going, right? Where do, where do, where do you see this going? And, and do you buy the idea that this is the most complex uh, AI project? So I'll start with your, your second question. I do buy that it's the most complex AI project. I actually believe that it's one of the most complex, forget about AI. I think, you know, people in work and the future work is just, the most complex problem that someone can try to attack, right? Right. Um, and 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 it's because of exactly what you were saying, right? People, everybody's a, a different individual, and they change over time. And then companies are individuals, if you think about it that way, or or groups inside of companies, and they're constantly changing and shifting. And so it's incredibly complex. Uh, where's it going is 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 down that line of what you were talking is is actually understanding companies themselves and in using that interplayed with with the people and so we we actually we do a little bit of this today we have the ability to look at you know the organization of a company and even looking at you know sort of the different percentages of people assigned to R&D versus the people assigned to operations versus the people assigned to sales and then cross that by, you know, about 3,500 industries that we manage inside of that, we can actually tell you by looking at that, you know, the nature of a company that, that you may be in. Oh, well, you, you know, you're more R&D centric. You've got this sort of um, proportion of sales, uh, and this is the, the growth of employees. Okay, you're in a high-growth company. Okay, so therefore you're – your your prescriptions for for recruiting or your prescriptions for managing your talent or your prescriptions for managing your compensation are going to be subtly different than maybe 
you know, a company in a in even in the same industry, but with a different profile and mix of people resources being deployed because they may be a later stage company. So we can see the beginnings of those sort of organizational dynamics and the changes of them over time. I think harnessing that over the next few years is going to be really, really interesting. How that comes together and then how that turns into practical recommendations or practical advice in HR, that'll be really, really, really cool. So as opposed to having to read a book and then try to figure out what your company is in, in, in terms of some book that you read, actually seeing yourself as a company, you know, in the concert of other companies in your business, and then your people in concert to that, really big challenge, but it'll, I think it'll help make the HR uh, teams way more effective over time. A lot of education, right? And you and I have mm. spoken about that before. You know, hard problems, but it's contingent on companies like us to also give the advice um, if you hit a challenge. Hey, maybe maybe this is some options that you have uh, to be able to deal with those challenges. I'll tell you what, I would I would love to have a really deep look at the at the uh, evolving company data set. That's 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 the most interesting project I've heard about so far and I've been looking at this stuff pretty hard. What do you think the yeah, big ethical issues are? Well, I think we've got a few ethical issues, right? We touched on bias already, right? Um that that's a big issue, right? Um there's individual rights about information. I'm a strong believer. On the one hand, I deal with data about people and companies. That's what I do for a living. But I'm a really strong believer in individual rights and, and privacy um, as well, and our company is as well. And so I think there's, there's, there's a responsibility. There's a responsibility, um, whether it's from ADP or any other company, that's touching data. And that responsibility isn't isn't something that needs to, you know, it's not really a lawyer to interpret. It's it's an individual in the company or, you know, to be able to interpret. Is this right or wrong about what we're doing with the information? And that, at the end of the day, gets to ethics. And so there's there's things that people have asked us to look at that, that we as a company just won't do, right? We're not going to look at that type of information. Um, but then we also have sometimes have the inverse responsibility. You know, pay equity is a, a wonderful example. Um I've got two daughters and a son. I'm married to an attorney. Um, you know, why should my daughters or my my spouse, you know, be paid less than somebody else who's doing similar work? There's no reason for it. And so we also have a responsibility at times to 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 provide information that can allow a company to to manage the pay equity situations that they're dealing with. So you know, lots of interesting ethical problems. We have a group here at ADP that we focus on those ethics. We meet, we review, we understand, we try to stay pace with personal in, uh, data rights, uh, both legislative and, and literally what's right. And so our ethics uh, group, you know, we, we, we have these discussions and we try to apply them into product or into the services that the company offers. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so where are you headed next? What's, what's, what's right on your horizon line? So we've got a bunch of products that we're going to be launching uh, during the summer and then, you know, culminating at HR Tech. So I can't really get into the details of it all, but HR Tech is a big event for us every year. And, um, you know, we'll be showing off some really interesting things. 
Um, our big thing is about customer success, right? If you really want to know what we're focused on right now, it's meeting with customers daily um, and working through, um, you know, some use of the technologies and use of the data to get some business results. And so we have some great stories uh, about customers saving, you know, not just 100000 here or 100000 there, but millions of dollars, for example, in overtime costs, simply by providing information to their managers. So HR, instead of HR just doing spreadsheets and sending out monthly reports, actually enabling some capabilities to put metrics about turnover and overtime right into the hands of their operational first-line managers and seeing millions of dollars of savings. So one thing that we're going to be talking about a lot over the next year are not just those results, but how companies can start those programs, how to get going so that you can you can see the HR business function, you know, really being part of, of the overall company's success. So that's one thing that – that's one of the big things for us is – focused on that customer success. Got it. So last question. Uh, One of the things I do is track the emergence of new vendors who are offering some kind of intelligent tool. And, And I can count 750 small venture finance startups, um, um, who are who are making some sort of a swing at the problem how how do you think people should deal with that volume of um supply yeah and you know having done a few startups myself <laughs> you know you always well my startup is going to be better than yours right. i think i think I think we, we at ADP think about things as an ecosystem. We, we even have a thing called the ADP Marketplace where some of these startup companies can be integrated along with our HR systems so that you can you know, try them out. And, and if there's a specific niche value you can get out of them, go for it. Um, I don't believe any one vendor is going to have the full solution overall. Um, and, and, and that's why we started the Marketplace, to provide a place for these vendors to play. I think, though, that there are some interesting trends. Um, you know, when you see things, and I'll plug a company that I've got no interest in, but I think they're cool. There's this little tiny company in uh, New York called Workalytics, where they're looking at how people use tools like Jira and Confluence and Slack and seeing productivity across those types of tools. Um, so there's there's always going to be a new idea coming in a startup. It you know the question as to whether or not to use that startup is is do you need that benefit? And then you know certainly a question for HR people to say is is are they stable enough? Because the one thing is is if they don't have enough funding or runway or momentum to last a couple of years, you might get burnt with your employee base. And so you know balance the innovation with some stability or some backing. Um, you know, having their having a vendor like uh, a, into something like our marketplace or one of the other marketplaces out there helps give them a little bit of strength that they may not have on their own because, you know, the sharing of data and the, and the connection to systems is really important. So I'd, I'd, I'd look at one of those startups to make sure that they're somewhat aligned into a partner with one of the m- more major vendors uh, before you you dive in too deep. 
Cool. Do me a favor. Introduce me to somebody at Worklytics. That's the first I've heard about them, and they sound they sound fascinating. Yeah, I just met them one or two times, but yeah, it's fascinating stuff, and certainly I have my eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so we're we're through our allotted time. Um, is there anything that you want to be sure that somebody takes away from this conversation? You know, I think the thing is 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 um, that 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 whether it's here at ADP or other other vendors in the space, people are working to make the data and the information more consumable and easier to use. And we're finding huge success when when people just lean in a little bit to the information, particularly in HR departments. HR people can be, you know, apprehensive about it. Um, but I think if you, if you go into it with your eyes open, you can get some great benefits. We're here to help for, for, for people that are interested in talking, but but I think overall, I love the way the industry's heading, and I'm just excited to be part of it. So take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how they might get a hold of you. Yeah, my name is Jack Berkowitz. I'm the SVP of Data Cloud here at ADP. Um, you can get in touch with me really easily. Just drop me an email, jack.berkowitz at adp.com, and be happy to talk with you. Great. Thanks so much. This was a great conversation. Um, you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Jack Berkowitz, ADP's president of all things data, is how I will um, um, send you off, Jack, um, a shorter title. Um, thanks again for doing this. appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. 